This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. And welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Sarah Ray Lancaster, the editor of the Arts and Entertainment section. How's it going, Sarah? It's going well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm glad to have you back in here to help me talk about what's coming up for the weekend, because this one's going to be a big one, and I don't know that I could do it all by myself. So thank you for coming in to break Happy down. Happy to help. We have the 4th of July is coming up. I know. How did we get to 4th of July already? It is It is wild. Uh, one thing that kind of helps me is that there's 52 weeks in a year, and we number every week of the paper that we do. So when we get to, you know, 20, I'm like, okay, then we're this far through right. the year. And I think we're on 25 now. So we're halfway there. Halfway through. It's crazy. Wow. Where'd you go, 2022? <laughs> I know. 2022, I've gotten used to it sounding like a year. I don't... 2023... That still seems very futuristic to me. I don't know why it's next year, but it just seems really futuristic. I think 2023 and 2024 are okay. I can still get behind them. 2025, though, is mm-hmm. not a real year. No. That's happening. And then you start thinking about when our kids are going to graduate, and they're going to be like the graduating Stop. class of 2032. <laughs> it's like, no, thank you. That it's not a real year. No, like, it's not. I keep it up. My my, He's going to be two forever. That's Kind of what, which people probably think I'm crazy for saying that, but it's a really fun age. I kind of like it. Yeah. My son's going to be going to college, presumably, maybe in like 2040. Yeah. Well, yeah. Graduating class of 2043. Let's go Cybermen. Because that. (laughs) I'm assuming that that's what the, that's what the will new be mascot like. will be. Right. Uh, so we're going to talk about 4th of July stuff coming up. But if you want to hear about all the cool 4th of July stuff, you're going to have to listen to me talk about theater for a little bit. Because I've been working on a series of cool theater superstition and like little known fact articles. And I wanted to chat a little bit with you about just we're just going to spitball some all theater right. things that I, that I know about. And then we'll jump into our 4th of July stuff. So a couple weeks ago, I wrote a story on a ghost light which is a facet of many theaters. And uh, it, it's kind of become an icon, especially in the last couple of years with the pandemic. So a, a ghost light is basically a light bulb on a stick that stands in the middle of the theater. And it is used to light up the stage at night when nobody is using it so that you don't, you know, fall off the stage and into the orchestra pit or, you know, into the seating area, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Or to help you navigate when there's a set built on the stage so that you don't bump into the set pieces. It's a very practical safety device, but like almost everything in theater, there's a lot of superstition around it. And so uh, when theaters closed for the pandemic, the ghost light became this like icon of theater will return. We're keeping our ghost light on so that, you know, one day we'll take it back down and we'll start our kind of thing. So I wrote about the ghost light both as its, you know, practical safety usage, but then also from the superstitions around it because theater people are two things. They're dramatic and superstitious. Which is what makes us also lovable. Right. It's funny because when you describe what a ghost light is, it makes sense. But then you're like, why is it called a ghost light? Mm-hmm. And it comes from the widespread belief that all theaters are haunted. 
Mm-hmm. And they are. I, I totally believe that. Right. Uh, every theater that I've ever been in has uh, fond stories to share of their ghost or their phantom. And uh, the ghost light, it interacts with the spirits of the theater in, in one of two ways, depending on whether you are ambivalent towards the, the ghosts or you know if you like them or if you don't. So theaters that like their ghosts, and most of the theaters that I've worked with, they think fondly of their spirits. They use the ghost light as a way to illuminate the stage so that the spirits can play on it when the theater is closed. Mm -hmm. And then the more superstitious theaters use it to keep the ghosts off the stage so that, you know, it keeps the spirits at bay. I remember, I can't think of the name of the spirits or the ghosts at the community theater. I used to do a lot of work at, but I do remember just there being this kind of air of superstition and and lore of the theater ghosts. And so I remember during COVID, they had actually posted something about lighting the ghost light and having it there on the stage and reading about it then, and just then seeing it kind of pop up among all these other theaters. And, you know, it was also kind of just a fun way, I think, for theaters to almost kind of unify and and get through a really interesting time when it came to live performances. Right. I wrote about that and kind of its history in the Pulse a couple of weeks ago. But as a sneak peek to some of the things that I'm going to be looking at for the next couple of weeks, um, I shared this story with you this morning, but I'll share it again because the uh, (laughs) podcast audience hasn't heard it. I learned something new. (laughs) So on your stage, you have your your playing space, but then off to the side, you have what is known as the wings. They're the wings of the The stage. It makes sense Mm -hmm. when you think about like a bird, but they're also known as the voms. And the way that I have learned this is that vom is short for vomitorium. And in ancient times, when like the Greeks would have big celebratory feasts, they would uh, excuse themselves to the vomitorium so that they could purge their meal and then come back and eat more because they didn't (laughs) want to stop eating. It was more about the amount that you consume rather than, you know, enjoying yourself. So... I, as you're telling me this story this morning, the community theater that I used to do some work with back in Racine, the Racine Theater Guild, we always referred to them as the bomb. I mean, I, I can remember writing that into, you know, scripts for, for blocking notes and and it was just the bomb. And I guess I never gave it thought of where the word came from because it was just such part of the vocabulary there. And so, yeah, I learned something entirely new. And I knew that about you know, in Roman, Roman times, but I just hadn't put the two together. So yeah. Right. And like all theatrical tales, there's going to be a hundred different variations on these types of things. That's the one that I've learned and the one that most people that I've worked with have learned, but you'll, you'll find variations on like, why don't we say good luck? Why do we say break a leg? Um, Or why do we say merit instead of either one? Mm -hmm. Is merit a, a thing that you say that means good luck or is it the French word, for, you know, poop, right? <laughs> so like there, there's a lot of different stories behind theatrical things and we all kind of coalesce around our, our local ones. Right, we always said good show. Good show was okay, hmm. good luck was not. Right, good luck is not okay. Break a leg is kind of the preferred yeah, one. Yeah, that would, that would happen too. It was um, always good show. That's, and, I haven't heard that. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. The other one that I think is interesting, just in terms of superstition, is you're not allowed to speak the name of the Scottish play. Absolutely not. In a theater. So you can't say Macbeth inside of a theater because it's bad luck. And origins of this are both because the play is a lot about the spirits, but also because it always seems that tragedy strikes productions of Macbeth. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that the Wikipedia page for Macbeth has a list of 
the superstition, all, the and the all of like the, the notable ones that have happened over time. So uh, we don't say Macbeth. We say the Scottish play. Mm-hmm. If you do say Macbeth, then you have to complete some sort of ritual. Yes. And that ritual is different for every theater. <laughs> Usually involves like running or spinning or spitting. All sorts of different things. Mm-hmm. Every theater is going to have its own version of what you have to do to take the curse back. But that's those are the other ones that I'm I'm interested in learning a little bit more about. There's just theater superstitions are fun because you learn about them in theater, and then somebody tells you the story, and then that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. But to actually dig into why are these things that we just accept as being a kooky part of theater? Why well, are they the way they are? And what's funny about it is you don't even really think twice about it once you're you're in that environment and it just kind of becomes what you do. It's just second nature. And then you try to explain it to somebody else and they look at you like you have three heads and to you, it's, you know, just every day at the theater. Right. Like why, why is stage right actually the left? And those types of things are all things you take for granted. But from the outside looking in, it's like, oh, I wonder why those things are that way. Mm-hmm. Why so, is a green room called a green room? Right. So look forward to me uh, explaining and deep diving into more weird theater things as the summer goes on. In addition to our regular theater coverage and our culture club columns and that kind of stuff as well. So with that, let's take a break. And then when we come back, we are going to jump into Fourth of July events. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kewanee counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org careers. Okay, we are back. Is there anything going on for 4th of July? Just a little bit. A couple just, things? Just a few things There's here. like a parade. Yeah, a few parades. <laughs> I know. We are the place for 4th of July. I'm convinced of it. People do not need to go to big cities. Just come up to the peninsula. We have something in every community. And what's fun about it is everybody has their own spin on it and adds their own local flavor. So you can really just hop communities for what you want. Like maybe you catch the fireworks in one place. Maybe you hop over to another for the parade. My family always was on Washington Island just because that's where we would go. That's where the family cabin is. Um, And I, I just, I have really fond memories of just down home, Door County fun. It's simple. It's fun. It's family friendly. It's just a good time. And I think you're going to find that no matter where you are this weekend. So you mentioned going from place to place on 4th of July, but in Door County, we're not content with just one celebration day. Absolutely not. We have to spread it out from the third all the way to the following week Mm -hmm. with Sister Base Freedom Fest. So walk me through, you know, some of the highlights in terms of parades, fireworks, unique stuff, because I I know that you're rounding up all of the information in the Pulse this week. So you're going to have all the different festivities, parades, that kind of stuff. But what are what are a couple uh, key ones that you find interesting? Sure. So we're calling out the different parades in the communities that have parades and just giving people the information, you know, the basic information of where they can see them, what time the parades step off. But then also if you can get involved, which a lot of the times you can the day of Harbor is one of them. So if you're up here on vacation and you just want to be part of a 4th of July parade, well, hop on in and and have a good time. They give you the information for that. We have fireworks in different communities. Uh, Like you said, some of them are on the 3rd, some of them are on the 4th. 
Some of them are the week after. So you can really plan your trip around what you have going on. So if you're here for the weekend and you have some other things, maybe filling in the front part, you can enjoy 4th of July on the 4th. If you've got other plans for the 4th of July, you can do it a little bit earlier. As far as like the fireworks display, Bailey's Harbor is always kind of top ranked as one of the better fireworks displays. And, and I shouldn't even say that. They're all pretty spectacular. Like yeah, you can't go them, wrong with a fireworks display in Door County. Yeah, most of them have kind of a unique element to them too in terms of where they're launched out of. So when I lived in Egg Harbor, I really liked their fireworks because you got to go down onto the marina and watch them. That's what's nice about that. Yeah, and you know, when Fish Creek had their fireworks, you know, similar to Egg Harbor, just being on a marina kind of gives it a different feel. At least for me, when I first moved up here, I was totally taken aback by the boats, you know, blowing their horns for fireworks. I was used to being on Washington Island where you, you know, honk your car horn, not a boat horn. So that was kind of a fun twist and adds a little bit of local flavor to it. Okay. So before we, we talk about more, just give me, give me the rundown of a Washington Island 4th of July. What is that like? It starts with the parade, which is little kids on bikes that they've dressed up with streamers. There's usually a fire truck, which is my son's favorite part of the whole thing. There are usually some horses that are in it. I mean, it's it's literally like a five-minute parade, but it's five minutes of just fun. And the fireworks are at the ball field. We usually sit a little bit further back by the bank to take them in. Really, our main reason for that was because years ago, probably going on 15 years ago, we started a a very competitive family wiffle ball game prior to the fireworks. So that kind of is our lead-in to a night of fireworks and fun. And, and the fireworks there are you know, shot up over the, the ball field. So it's just a good view, whether you're at the ball field or in the surrounding areas. And I was going to say on the Island, can you basically see them from anywhere? Uh, pretty much. I think, you know, and there was one year, John and I couldn't stay on the Island for the fireworks. We had to get back home for work the next day. And that was kind of cool. Cause as we're driving and exiting outdoor County, you're just seeing the various fireworks displays happen. So even yeah. if you can't stay for the full weekend and you got to drive home, you're still going to get a show. Right, because you could you could just hang out at the ferry dock on the island and sure. just look at <laughs> all of them at once. That would be a, a cool thing. When I was growing up, they would shoot fireworks off at the high school, which was down the street from where I lived. And for many years as a child, we could sit in our front yard and still see them because they were shot up high enough. But as I got older, it became less and less viewable because the trees in our neighborhood kept growing. Growing. So when I was five, I remember definitely watching that. By the time I was like 12, no way. Couldn't see see them anymore. (laughs) So that's fireworks. That's parades. What else is happening? So for those that maybe want to, you know, get in some physical activity or... Nope, skip. Never mind. (laughs) Done. Sorry I asked. (laughs) There's the hairpin run in Fish Creek, which is the challenge of... That's the hardest one. It is the hardest one because you're running up, as the name implies, the hairpin. So it's it's a fun 5K, you know, to find fun as you will, but... I think it's fun. Yeah, my Uh, wife ran it. She really liked it. (laughs) It's just, you know, it's another one of those courses that you're only going to get that experience if you're up here. It's a good time. It's, you know, it's early in the morning. It's a fun way to start your day. And it's a good way to offset any of like the 4th of July cookouts that you're having. Absolutely. Which, you know, is probably my actual favorite part of the holiday weekend is grilling out. Like that's summer to me. Right. My grill uh, isn't working. We were trying to get it going a couple weeks ago after Memorial Day. Let's 
fire it up, check it out. Thought that it was just out of gas, replace the gas, still wouldn't fire up. Still wouldn't fire up. See, just got to go back to charcoal. Then you don't have those issues. Yeah, I guess. I mean, we got a nice grill a couple of years ago, and now no matter how much crank it and try to get it to turn on, it will spark and it will ignite, but then the flame is just really low. Like it won't build up and it won't go across all of them. Andrew at ppulse.com is my email. If you have any tips for how to get my grill working or if you <laughs> just want to come over and fix my grill, that would be awesome because I would love to cook out 4th of July. I'll give you uh, my brother-in-law's jalapeno relish recipe if you can help me out. You had also mentioned that there is a, a boat parade yes, up in Gills Rock. up in Gills Rock. So we're going to be writing a little piece on that uh, as well. So you can get some details about that in the paper and the full lineup of 4th of July activities. I wonder how visible the boats are. Because a parade goes right by you. But if I'm going to catch candy from the boats, they're going to have to be pretty close to the shore. <laughs> they're going to have to have a good arm. Maybe get the softball team out there or something, baseball team. <laughs> right. So there's a lot going on. There is a lot going on. And what I really like is that there's something for, you know, every level of activity, whether you want to take in a bunch or whether you just want to take in a little bit and enjoy your time. Um, and I think that's what makes that extended weekend so much fun is that you can kind of plan it to what you're feeling like you want to do. Right. And if you are going to come to Bailey's Harbor and take in the parade, then uh, you'll see Dave Elliott on his roof, a permanent fixture of the Pulse <laughs> building. And uh, he may or may not have his megaphone. So you'll have to come and check it out. Always a good time. Is there anything else that people need to know about this fun-filled weekend, Sarah? I mean, really just grab the Pulse because we're going to have it all in there. And you can have the whole time schedule for each of the communities with when the various events are happening. And then with that, just a lot of other information, whether it's dining options out in the area, other activities, some fun hikes that are going on. We just sent our intern. Um, she's taking part of the challenge hike up at Newport State Park. So you can follow that series every two weeks as she, week by week, completes each and every trail inside the park. Wow. All right. Well, lots of good stuff this week. Thank you so much, Sarah, for chatting with me. And I'll uh, chat with Welcome. you again soon. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.